your dreams can be your reality. You all, time isn't real. Okay, that is fucking crazy. Spirituality, manifestation, travel, money, entrepreneurship. Welcome to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea Wright. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. I am reporting to you right now with brunette hair. I'm a brunette. If you follow me on Instagram, you already know this because I've posted multiple times about it in feed in my story. I am just making it so known that I'm a brunette now. And I was scared to go brunette for a very long time. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know I've been talking about going brunette for like six months. And I finally did it. I finally booked a hair appointment. I showed her a picture. It was a brunette woman. And here I am now with brunette hair. So the reason I bring this up too is not just to report on my appearance. It's because this was something that I was really scared about doing because of what people would think. I actually polled my audience multiple times and even asked friends and family, you know, should I dye my hair brunette and should I stop being blonde for a little bit? And actually everyone voted against it. They're like, no, I love you blonde. You look stunning as a blonde. Why would you change your gorgeous blonde hair? And so for a very long time, I just kept putting off an appointment to book it and get brunette hair. And eventually I was like, I am thinking about this so much that I'm almost in a way creating suffering and insecurity within myself because I'm not listening to what I really want to do. So for months and months and months, I wanted to dye my hair brunette, but because of what everybody else thought, I kept not doing it. And again, it just caused this inner turmoil where I learned this is exactly what it means to be not in your power, to be letting other people dictate what you look like, which by the way, it's hair. If I hate it, I could go back blonde. I could just get a different type of brunette. Maybe I would go lighter than I wanted. Or again, like it would grow out. So it's just so funny that we make all these meanings and all these assumptions about what's going to happen after we do it. By the way, nothing has happened. (laughs) My whole thing was like, I'm going to look different. People aren't going to like me. I'm going to feel like an imposter, like I'm not meant to be a brunette. I mean, crazy, irrational thoughts that to me made no sense. And here I am brunette reporting to you and I feel great. This is something I've been wanting to do. I feel excited. I feel confident. And it really ties into what I'm talking about today, which is five ways to stop caring what people think about you. And the reason I wanted to do this podcast was not just to talk about how I dyed my hair brunette and moved through that. It's because this is probably the most common issue I see with not only people that want to launch a podcast, but start a business. They're scared of what people think, and they really care about other people's opinions that completely hinder them from starting. So we're going to talk about five ways to stop caring about it so much with very practical, easy ways to implement some of these changes. And I'll give you examples from my own personal life of things that I've had to do as well. So before we jump into that, I am so excited to announce that I've officially partnered with Open, which is an incredible mindfulness app, and it is my new favorite app. I've been using it since July, and it has been an absolute game changer for my nervous system. You all know, if you've been listening, that since July, I have had quite a chaotic, bumpy road. I went through a breakup. I started traveling. I was launching all these different offers. I was trying to exit Germany, which is not the easiest country to exit. I was trying to just move on from heartbreak. And I was dealing with a lot of anxiety and insecurity. 
I was also abroad. I didn't have anybody to support me, like my family and my best friends, and I kept changing countries. So anytime I would make a new friend, I would leave, which again, really disrupted my sense of community. Now, that's when I heard about Open, and I downloaded the app. I did a trial, and I was like, wait a second, I'm obsessed with this app. It has stretching, breathwork, Pilates, meditation. They classify it by type or feeling. They vary in different lengths. There's anything from like two minutes to six minutes to 10 or 15 minutes. There's new daily practices. You can practice solo or with friends. I mean, it's really everything you would want from a mindfulness app. So if you are someone that has like one app to work out and then one for breath work and then one for meditation and one for sleeping, open completely eliminates you having to go to four different apps. It's just all in one app. There's different teachers, there's different styles. So if you like to practice with music or without, you totally can. And again, they're always uploading new content. I, for the last three months, have had a really hard time sleeping. And then I wake up with some anxiety, especially after the breakup. And open was the first thing I would open in the morning. And then the first thing at night that I would use to unwind. And funny enough, my favorite meditation from the app is actually the unwinding road meditation. It's for sleep. Incredible. I have such a hard time sleeping and this thing knocks me out. It's 15 minutes long and I don't even think I've ever finished the 15 minutes because I'm knocked out like halfway through. The person's voice is so relaxing. I'm actually having him on my podcast so you can hear. And it is just so incredible and allowing you to be more mindful and tap into your body and think of different body parts. So that's something that I don't think we do often, right? We never think about our breath or how things feel in our brain or how things feel in our legs or our gut or anything. We're just very focused on like doing the next task and doing the next thing. And we really don't check in a lot with our bodies. And I think Open does an incredible job of allowing you to come back to the present and really get deep into your senses. So all my listeners are getting a free 30-day trial. That's 30 freaking days that you can try this app for free using the link in my show notes. So if you need any recommendations of which ones I love, DM me. But I also know by just browsing, you will find the ones that work for you. And there are so many different ones that will resonate with you. If you want to practice with me, let me know because you can practice with friends so we can take a class together. So again, go to the link in my show notes and you will try open free for 30 days, an entire month. You can try this app, see if it works for you. And if it does, they have monthly options or yearly options. I am super excited about this. I would not be telling you about this if I hadn't tried it myself for the last three months. And that's why I am hardcore promoting it because I know it will help so many of you. So again, check out the link in my show notes and let's dive into today's topic, the five ways to stop caring what people think about you. So the first one is taking people's opinions off a pedestal. This is the hardest thing to do with influencer culture and the way we grew up with celebrities in Hollywood. We constantly think people are better than us. We hold them to a higher degree than us. We just automatically assume they are better than me. They're higher than me. They're more superior than me. And when you think that way, you immediately would take their opinions in a different perspective than you would, let's say, like your next door neighbor. Now, you may be thinking, well, what do you mean? Like, I'm not talking to influencers. I'm not taking their opinions to heart. You may not be directly talking to influencers, but you're probably consuming their content or listening to their podcasts or watching their YouTubes or whatever. This is the same thing with coaches. You might be following them and taking their opinions to heart. So there might be some coaches right now that are like, 
you know, if you're taking a break during December, you're totally failing and you should be really like putting yourself all in in your business in December. And you might take that opinion and think, well, this coach is better than me. This coach is superior than me. She's right. I should be going all into my business in December. And now you're letting that opinion affect you instead of thinking this person is just a person. They're not above me or below me. They have an opinion based on what's worked for them, their life experience, their background, their team, their education, whatever. It's an opinion that is meant to be taken or left behind. You can choose to take their opinion and say, you know what? I'm inspired by them. I see the track they've been down and I would love to do the same thing. Or you could be like, oh, you know what? I actually am going to take off December because I've worked hard all year and I want to regroup in December and use that for creative time and resting and connecting. The issue that I see people make, or kind of a mistake in my opinion, is that they take that opinion as if it is the solid truth, that it is like set in stone. And if you don't do that thing, you're screwed. And that creates the whole thing of caring and being really, really scared of like, what's going to happen if I don't take their opinion to heart? And when you do that, not only are you becoming out of integrity with yourself because you're not listening to yourself, you are now doing things you don't want to do. So I'm going to use this example again. Like if you end up working hard all through December, working 12 hour days, seven days a week, because you heard some influencer or coach say that December is, you know, not the time to be resting, but you're now on the verge of burnout. Well, you can see how that's actually being harmful to you. That's not helpful to you at all. So you need to take that person's opinion off a pedestal and realize they're just the same as you. They're a person. The difference is a lot of these people have help. I think this is like the biggest piece of context that is missing in the influencer and coaching world. A lot of times when people are saying, go hard and do all these things, well, they probably have all their systems and softwares and automation set up, which costs money. They probably have a VA or a several VAs or multiple team members, including a social media manager, a community manager, a virtual assistant, a podcast manager, right? We cannot assume that people's life experiences and the teams and support they have are directly related to us. There's a way to practice this. And you need to just immediately practice the thought, no one is above me or below me. So when I think about like coaches and influencers, yes, they may have more followers than me. Yes, they might have a bigger platform than me. They may have more podcast downloads than me. It's not even May, right? Like some of these things I do know, they do have more podcast listeners than me. They do have more downloads than me. But guess what? They're a human being. They have to plug in their microphone just like I do. They have to go to bed and sleep just like I do. They have to wake up and go to the bathroom just like I do. They have to feed themselves to avoid hunger just like I do. They have to read text just like I do, right? So you can see how anything they do, I can relate it back to myself of like, I do that too. The difference is they probably have either been in the game longer, they had more access to capital or money to be able to hire a, a team, they managed their money really well and were able to invest in support or softwares or infrastructures to make sure that their systems are running smoothly. So for me to just make an assumption that someone is better than me and put them on a pedestal and take their opinions as if they're God himself, well, that's a problem. And that is why I don't believe anybody is above or below me. That's why I I kind of am a, in a way, like delusional when it comes to the people I pitch for my podcast. You guys have seen my Instagram. I don't have more than 3,000 followers. My podcast has 
about 100 reviews. Um, my email list is small. There's probably like 150, 160 people on my email list. And I've been doing my podcast for four years and it has 50,000 downloads. So I'm saying all this not to discredit myself, but to show you I don't have a large platform. I'm right now in Satellite Beach, Florida. <laughs> like This is a small town. I'm not in LA or New York or Miami, but I don't put anybody on a pedestal. I don't think any of the influencers or coaches or authors that I reach out to are better than me or above me. I just know they've put in more time. They've learned more. They've really taken the time to invest in themselves and their education. And if anything, I look at that to inspire me. Like, wow, that's going to be me one day or one month or one year from now. And that is why I end up emailing a lot of these people that are quote unquote bigger than me, but bigger doesn't mean better. So take their opinion off a pedestal. Practice that thought. No one is above me or below me. And the way I would suggest applying this in, in your life is starting by just noticing people that you put in your life on a pedestal and seeing how you can take them off of it. This doesn't need to be someone online. It could be maybe a friend in your friend group. Or maybe it's one of your parents or a sibling. And start to be like, well, what ways are they just like me? Why am I putting them on a pedestal? And how, if anything, how can you put yourself on a pedestal? In what ways do you think people look at you and think, wow, that's actually really impressive that she does that or that she thinks that way or it's incredible that that's her lens of the world. So think of ways you can put yourself on a pedestal, not to think that you're better than anybody, but to kind of neutralize the way you've been putting other people on a pedestal. And immediately you'll start to feel a shift. I just, again, the way I did it was by emailing podcast guests that were like, quote unquote, bigger than me to practice the thought like this person is not above me. They're bigger, but bigger does not mean better. So yeah, give that a shot this week. Notice what people's opinions you really take to heart and ask yourself why. What does this mean? Can I potentially leave their opinion behind or just take it in a different way? Which actually brings me to my second point, which is reframe people's opinions and give it a new meaning. So I'll give you a very specific example with this. When I wanted to move abroad to Australia, I was leaving behind a very well-paid job. I was high up in the company. I was making six figures. I had a really good book of business. Like on paper and logically, it made no sense to leave. I was getting contract after contract with a Fortune 500 company. I mean, again, it, it made no sense to leave. So to tell people, hey, I'm leaving. I'm going to go travel around Australia. And then I had no job. My plan was literally to go on an eat, pray, love journey. You can imagine that that made no sense to people. And there was a lot of judgment and a lot of questions and opinions coming from other people. I remember very specifically someone's mom that I had met at dinner heard this news that I was leaving and they were so confused. They asked if I was dating a boy. Did I meet someone over there? Was I trying to find love over there? I remember someone else's boyfriend asked if I was trying to find a husband. Okay, so it's interesting. You can see there's very problematic opinions, in my opinion, that were coming my way that I was leaving a very well-paid job. And the only reason people could think that I was doing that was to be in relationships which again is wild to me, but I realized that it was holding me back. And there was a part of me that was like, wow, if this is people, this is the way people are perceiving me. Like, I'm not really sure if I want to go. 
I would feel safer and my ego would be much more soothed if I stayed in this really nice job with, you know, a very safe, comfortable financial situation and I didn't rock the boat too much. That would be the more, again, regulating way to handle this because my nervous system and my ego wouldn't have been so thrown off. But I knew after being in this job for years that I was ready to leave. So the way I became basically not scared of these judgments was giving them new meaning. So instead of taking that person's mom's opinion about, you know, I'm going to find a boy or a husband, I had to reframe that and be like, you know what? This person didn't have the options I had when they were growing up. This person did not have the availability to work online. They didn't have the opportunities to work online. They didn't have social media. You know, coaching and influencing and podcasting were not things in their time. So I need to actually practice a sense of, in a way, like forgiveness. Like this person just didn't have the opportunities I have. I'm sure if they did have the opportunities I have, they would be taking them just the way I am. So instead of being bitter and angry and annoyed and whatever about the way this person's mom was thinking I was just trying to find a relationship, I had to flip the perspective and be like, okay, that's almost like if I had a kid and their friend told me they were leaving a six-figure job to, I don't know, literally like go swimming in the ocean every day, which is basically what I was saying, it does sound a little bit jarring, right? And that's the thing we have to admit. I know some of you listening are like, I already know you're going to DM me and be like, oh my God, I can't believe someone said that. But we have to admit like that is a very societal expectation. What do you mean you're going to leave your cushy job to just do nothing? Immediately people think of, oh my gosh, she's going to be homeless. She's going to not be able to make money. She's going to be on the streets. And so what, what I mean by reframing them is like, I ended up taking those opinions and being like, people are actually just more concerned for my well-being and my safety. And that's what I had to tell myself to be okay with moving abroad. They're not trying to judge me and make me feel like shit. They're just concerned for my safety and well-being. Why would I be giving up such a good job to just basically go, you know, frolic around Australia with dolphins and kangaroos that is concerning as a mother to hear that? And so that's the reframe I gave them was they're just concerned for my safety and well-being. So see how you can take someone's opinion and flip it or try to see it from their perspective and again, just give it new meaning. That's a really simple way to stop caring about what people think. The third one is moving in baby steps. If you've listened to this podcast, you know I talk about this all the time and I cannot stress this enough. Your nervous system needs to move slowly and be regulated in order to handle change. And this is why when people win the lottery, they blow it and end up homeless. Their nervous system was not ready for that. This is why if you're a coach or an influencer or anybody and someone, you know, offers you the rate that you wanted or you end up booking a really big client or you have a huge launch, sometimes you're not ready for it because you're like, wait, I just went from selling a $50 offer to selling something for $5,000. I don't know what to do with this. Uh, or when people end up losing a ton of weight, you know, in like three months and then they gain it all back, their nervous system cannot regulate that because it's moving too quickly. So I can give you examples all day, and I'm sure you dealt with this yourself. Something really big happened or something massive, and you might have self-sabotaged it or didn't know how to handle it, and that's because your nervous system wasn't expanded enough to be able to sustain that. So when I'm talking about doing something that you want to do or creating something that you want to create, let's not jump off the deep end and swing the pendulum the way the overnight. Let's work in baby steps. And I truly mean baby steps. Like what is something that is one to 10% different than the way you're doing it now? 
let's use examples again. When I wanted to launch my business, I didn't start by charging out something high ticket because I knew I'm not going to be ready to handle a high ticket offer off the bat. I'm going to probably deal with insecurity or imposter syndrome or fear. I need to start with something smaller to prove to myself that, look, if I put a creation out in the world, someone will exchange monetarily with me to receive that. And so I actually started out teaching yoga for $15. And I thought that was a big deal. People were sending me $15 and I was like, oh my God, this is a really big deal that someone would pay me who hasn't been a yoga teacher for that long, $15 to be in my presence. And then I would get like three signups and then I would get five signups. And then there was a point where I had like 10 people come and I was making, you know, $100 a class, then $200. I had to slowly increase my expansion and what I was able to handle so that then I could take private clients. And I was like, okay, people are coming to my classes. I see the same regulars. They're paying the $15. Let me go ahead and offer something a bit more. That's a bit more money, but it's going to be a different level of access to me. It's going to be a private client, which was hundreds of dollars. That was scary for me because I had never been paid for something that I created that type of money. And then people bought that offer. I got two private yoga clients that I was charging anywhere from $250 to $500 for a five to 10 class package. And I was like, okay, I'm proving to myself that I can raise these rates slowly and people will pay. Then I moved into coaching and my very first, very first client was like $350, which is like literally 10% of what I charge now. And then I was like, okay, I can handle that. My next client, I charge like $1,000. And you can see, I just started moving up the ladder to regulate my nervous system. Eventually, I got to the point where I got comfortable charging certain prices. And I still practice this today. Whenever I want to raise my prices, I do it incrementally. Like maybe I'll raise it by $100 or $500. But I don't really jump to like all of a sudden charging, let's say $1,000 to charging $10,000. To me personally, that's too big of a jump. And I know I would completely sabotage that. So if I offer something for $1,000, the next time I offer it, it might be $1,500 or $2,000 because then I'm slowly doing it. So I want you to think of a way that you can increase your capacity for your nervous system by, again, just doing something that's like one to 10% different. If you don't have a business and you're not, you know, you don't have something to offer. And so the money thing doesn't make sense. Think about health instead of, you know, clearing out your pantry and trying to do this extreme diet and go plant based within one week, make it a habit to just go to the grocery store. And instead of going immediately to the baked goods section, try out the produce section and just add one thing of produce to your cart. That's what I did when I was trying to get healthier. I knew I couldn't just go to the produce section and add everything. So I made it a point to add a pack of bananas every time I went to the grocery store so I could get comfortable being in the produce aisle and being like, yeah, I am someone that hangs out in the produce aisle because I had never done that before. I always hung out in the middle aisles with all the cereal and sugar and trash. So I needed to train myself with baby steps to get outside of the produce area and try out bananas, which I knew I liked. Okay, so that's not a big deal, right? That's like 1% of a difference, but it really helped. Then the next time I would add apples. So now I have bananas and apples. Then it's bananas, apples, and tomatoes. And you can see slowly and surely my cart did become full of produce because I trained myself in baby steps and my nervous system was like, look, 
yay, we can handle this. Okay, let's just keep adding on 10% more. So think of ways that you can increase your capacity and your nervous system regulation and report back because I would love to hear how this works for you. This is really like one of my favorites out of all five of these. The fourth one is to make a plan. Making a plan makes you more confident when you're explaining what you're doing. So again, going back to the moving abroad example, I always felt silly when people asked what I was doing out there because I didn't have a plan. My plan, again, was to like travel, see what I like to do. Maybe I would kind of, you know, fall into an opportunity or I would figure it out over there. But what that did was fueled my insecurity that I looked lost and confused. I didn't like looking like I was lost and confused. And I felt like people's opinions of me and what they thought about me was that I was this lost soul going through a phase, didn't know what I was doing. So I made a plan. And I'm not talking about like, oh, I planned out every single month and I created a financial report and a PowerPoint presentation. No, no, no. It was just for me figuring out where I wanted to live and travel. And then I felt more confident sharing what I was doing. So when people would ask, whoa, what do you mean you're just moving to Australia with no plan? Or like, wait, why would you leave your job and move without a plan? I could confidently say, well, I'm planning to travel for the first three months. And then I'm going to try to find something within podcasting to do. And then I'll probably take a few more months to travel. And then from there, I'm going to just let life like lead me and figure it out. And then people would be like, oh, cool. Like, got it. That sounds amazing. Again, I always felt insecure when I didn't know what to say and I didn't have that plan, even if it was a vague plan. And I would just say, oh, I don't know. I I think I'm just going to like travel and explore. And that didn't help my confidence at all in my move. So let's make a plan. And again, a small plan. You can see my I didn't even tell people where I wanted to travel or what opportunities with podcasting I wanted to do. I just told them a basic plan and I stopped caring what they thought. It developed a lot of confidence for me. Let's say you have a business and you're like, okay, I know I want to start a business and people keep asking me and they're like, why are you starting a business? You don't need a full on business plan. You can just, again, give like three to five ideas that you have. I want to help women overcome their anxiety and I want to do that by running workshops. Or I would love to help people with their breath work, uh, you know, doing breath work. And so I'm planning to offer in-person breath work retreats. Okay, great. I don't need to know how you're doing it, how much you're charging, where you're doing it, who you're doing it with. You just told me such a simple plan that, again, all of this comes back to people wanting to know that you're going to be okay and safe. A lot of people provide opinions because they think they know better than you and they just want you to be safe. So when you make a plan, it's showing them, look, I've thought about this. I've thought about my safety. I've thought about my well-being and what it's going to turn out to be. And here's my plan. And that usually gets people to back off. Think about too when you were in like high school or college and you were probably like, I'm going to go off and do this. And your parents would be like, well, I don't know. I need to see a plan. It's kind of the same thing out in the real world as an adult. People are like, what do you mean you're just going to do this thing? You just give them a plan and they're like, oh, okay, makes sense. So yes, try a plan and see what happens. And the last one is finding a community to share with and hold you high. This is the biggest thing I've learned this year is doing anything alone, no matter how much I can rationalize and know that people are going through the same thing as me. It can feel so isolating and uncomfortable to just live in your own head and like wonder, 
well, does anybody else feel heartbreak? Does anybody else feel like shit when their launch doesn't go well? Is anyone else feeling insecure about social media? When I joined communities and memberships this year, I swear it like boosted my confidence. It actually helped me not care so much what people thought because I could see that so many of us were going through the same things. And it held me in a community and a sisterhood where I knew I could trust people. So right now I'm in Tori Washington's membership about money. I'm in the Holisticism's North Node where it is all about intuitive business. And I am like obsessed with that community. I'm in Facebook groups where people are going through the same thing as me. And again, it just supports me in not feeling alone. If we zoom out, being alone was actually detrimental back in caveman days, right? If you were like outcast from the tribe, you didn't have the skills to just live on your own in the wintertime and be like hunting and cooking and fishing. You needed to use the power of the community. Okay, these three people are going hunting. These three people are going to stay back. These three people are gathering the berries. The community worked together to build something for the greater good of the safety of everybody. So that's why in entrepreneurship or anything really, we need that community. I, there's this weird thing in entrepreneurship that goes on where everyone's like self-made, did it by myself, all alone. And I'm like, that's kind of sad. Like, I would rather be with a powerful group of women or entrepreneurs behind me knowing I had all this incredible help and support. And it regulates your nervous system to know you're not alone. As you can see, there's a theme throughout all five of these tips that have to do with nervous system regulation. When you are more regulated within yourself, which is also really a sense of confidence, being really assured within who you are, you do stop caring what people think. So if this is something that you want to dive deeper in and learn more about with a community, I do have a masterclass coming up this Tuesday, November 9th from 6 to 7.30 p.m., completely free, which is called How to Create and Do What You Want Without Being Scared of What People Say. I am so excited about this because this is a common issue that I'm hearing with my clients and online. People want to start a podcast. They want to launch a business. They want to launch a YouTube channel. They want to start monetizing their offers. They want to put themselves out there. And they are so, so scared of what people are going to say. And I hate seeing that. I hate seeing people waste their talent and potential and skills because of what a coworker said five years ago or an ex or their parents or a sibling or a best friend, whoever it is. We tend to hold on to those opinions and that's what suffocates our dreams. And it kills me that that happens. It just makes me think of all the creators and musicians and innovators and all these people that we love. Imagine if they let other people's opinions get to them and they were scared to do what they really loved. We would never have them. We would never be able to experience their work. It is a disservice to keep your gifts and talents and skills hidden inside of you when the world needs them. We need your music. We need your podcast. We need your opinion. We need your art. We need your jewelry. We need your videos. Whatever it is, we need it. Without it and you keeping it to yourself, again, you're actually just, it's causing a disservice to people that could truly use it and it could truly help them. It could inspire them, motivate them, drive them forward. Like your offering or whatever you're putting out there could be the catalyst to change someone's life. And I'm not kidding. I'm going to repeat that. Your gift could be the catalyst for changing someone's life. And that's exactly what I'm hoping you uncover in the masterclass. I want you to stop being scared of what people think. And we're going to go through practical ways and very easy implementable steps to be able to stop caring about what people think. 
At the end of the class, I'm inviting you all into something that I'm very excited about. It's a mastermind, and it is something that I've been creating and working on for a while. I've been putting a lot of thought into it about what this is going to be about, and I will share more details next week, but just know that if you're in the masterclass, you will get first access to this and an early bird bonus. So be sure to join us next Tuesday, November 9th, 6 to 7.30 p.m., how to do and create what you want without being scared of what people say. You can check out the link in my show notes or the link in my bio on Instagram at Chelsea Rife to sign up. Again, completely free, and there will be a recording if you can't make it live so you can watch in your own time. Thank you so much for listening today. Do not forget to support the show's sponsor, Open. Open is an incredible mindfulness studio which features yoga, Pilates, stretching, breathwork, meditation. It's really an all-in-one platform for mindfulness. They do daily practices and daily lessons. You can practice live or you can pick in your own time when you want to practice. You can practice with friends. You can practice solo. They really laid out options for you. I've been using it, like I said, since July. I use it every single day, multiple times, by the way. I use it when I wake up. I use it before a meeting. I use it when I'm going to bed. I use it to stretch. I mean, it's completely eliminated the need to open up 20 different apps to try out mindfulness. So be sure to check them out. The link is in my show notes. You can try it free for 30 freaking days. I just can't get over that you can try it for a whole month. And a month is a long time and an incredible way to build a habit. So if you're looking for any recommendations on which ones I love, just DM me at Chelsea Rife. There's one specifically that I listen to every night called Unwinding Road. And I told you in the beginning of this episode, it knocks me out. So definitely try that one if you have trouble sleeping. But there are so many incredible options on there. And they really put a lot of thought into this app and how it looks and how it's laid out. It's very aesthetically pleasing. It is very beautiful. And best of all, it actually works. So again, check out the link in my show notes and the link in my bio. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you all next week.